and welcome to Varsity Videos, brought to you by the OHIO Podcast. Here at Varsity Videos, we review and rank sports films from the Super Bowl to the Toilet Bowl. I am your host, Chris Wilds, a self-proclaimed popcorn expert, movie aficionado, and podcaster. And today, I am joined by my co-host, Eric Boggs. Eric, how are you doing today? Doing well. A little tired. A little tired, not going to lie. I've watched a lot of movies here in the last week in preparation for my trip and make sure we were caught up on everything. So, got some heavy eyes, but for a good cause. Well, you know what? At least that snowstorm we had last weekend was good for something, right? There you go. Yeah, we got to find a positive in it. I like it. That's right. So, Eric, let's let's get going. Let's jump right into this. What have we got as far as movie news goes for this week? Yeah, so interestingly enough, the Olympics are going on right now, Chris, and uh, which they and it's I tell you, it's the one thing outside of Ohio State football that my wife and I can agree on. I love the Olympics. I know she does as well. And I'm a little bit we, we like the Summer Olympics maybe a little bit better than the Winter Olympics. However, there is a Winter Olympic movie that I absolutely love. I know that you know that I love it. I know that you know th- that I know that you love it as well. And that would be uh, the Jamaican bobsled team movie called Cool Runnings. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Jamaica has qualified once again for the bobsled event in this 2022 Winter Olympics? Yes, yeah, the first time in what, about 25 years now? Is that right? It's been a while, man. It's been a while. But they are there in China, and they are going to be competing. And I, I, I can't lie. I mean, I'm obviously USA number one, right? But outside of that... I think this is going to I'm I'm going to be rooting like crazy for them. I can't help it, Chris. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I can't wait to see it. In fact, I'll tell you, I, I had a little little bit of a mishap yesterday. I ended up spending a little bit of time last night in the hospital and I was sitting there in the waiting room. That's what I was doing. I, I was sitting there watching the Winter Olympics at like 1 a.m. It was great, <laughs> which is like live. I think I think that's when it's yeah. live when it's really late yeah, here. It was in the really United awesome. States. Um, and then that's not the only movie news I have, but real quickly, I didn't know if you saw this or not, but Bill Murray in a celebrity golf outing totally channeled his, um, I guess you could say his Caddyshack. Carl Spackler. Uh, he hits a putt like without looking. He sinks it. Nice. No look putt. A no look uh, putt. I posted it on our Facebook page. If anybody wants to go to the Varsity Videos Facebook page and check it out, it's so awesome. But I also bring that up because here in a little bit, we're going to be talking a little bit about a Caddyshack. Not necessarily the Caddyshack, but a Caddyshack. And uh, those, both of those moments just made – they brought such a big smile to me, uh, Chris, because those are two of, I think, sports movies – greatest movies out there oh i can't disagree at all and you mentioned it, eric we're going to be talking about okay i guess we can call it a caddyshack we, <laughs> we all know we all know my feelings on this one but i'm going to try to stay unbiased and completely objective in this one uh as, as it goes up against one of uh, probably your least favorite sports movies as well <laughs> Yeah, to, so, th- this the 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 se- I'm I'm quickly learning in our 64 sports movie challenge, Chris, that the sequels bracket is really weak, man. 
Yeah, we've got a few great ones, but we've got some real doozies. Uh, so we talked about it a little bit, Eric. Let's jump into it. Let's do some movie matchups. Yeah, let's so, do it. Let's do this thing. So here's how we go. Every week, there's four movie matchups now in our 64 Sports Movie Challenge. Four matchups with eight movies. Four move on in the in the brackets. Four don't. When they don't move on, we add them to our flick chart. So let's start with that one. Let's go to the sequel and remakes bracket. We've got a remake, The Longest Yard from 2005. Prison inmates from a football team to challenge the prison guards. It um, is a remake, obviously, from the 70s version that had Burt Reynolds starring in it. This one stars stars Adam Sandler. It's got Chris Rock. It's got Michael Irving, Bill Goldberg from uh, professional wrestling. Uh, you actually have a cameo by Burt Reynolds. The uh, rapper Nelly's in this thing. Um, William Fitchner's in it. Um, this is, it's nowhere near as good as the original Chris. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Right. 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 Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it, it's not terrible though. It's not terrible. It's just not as, it's not the original. It's ranked number six in this bracket and it's going up against a sequel in <sighs> Caddyshack two from 1988. Um, this one's got uh, Jackie Mason is in it. Uh, he's kind of the lead here. Uh, you've got Robert Stack, which for you and I uh, would bring nightmares to us because of his voice from our childhood and <laughs> unsolved mysteries, right? <laughs> it's like, right, I, right? Literally watching this movie, and I'm like, it's unsolved mysteries, why this movie was even made. That is what's funny about this. Uh, Randy Quaid is in there. Uh, Chevy Chase has a short cameo. Um, Diane Kanan plays Elizabeth Pierce, the beautiful uh, Diane Kanan back then. It's, it's it's okay, I guess, but there are it's a, there's a lot of hate out there for this movie. And given given who was in this film, yeah, you would think, especially with like Dan Aykroyd in it, Chevy yeah, Chase, absolutely. you would think this thing would have hit, and it bombs, man, it bombs bad. Well, sometimes, you know, the original is so great that the sequel doesn't stand a chance. True. I think this is one of those cases. But honestly, the performances in this one just were not good, Eric. I mean, that's all what it was. They're not. They were I mean, not good. I think a lot of it was both of these movies tried to recapture what the original had and tried to follow a similar formula. Both missed horribly. Uh, but I would say the longest yard for me was probably the better of these two. That's yeah. why I would go with that one. I went with longest yard as well. We both did. And we weren't alone by an overwhelming 53 to 11. The fans also chose the longest yard. So the longest yard will move on. And I'm going to real quickly make a note of that and pull that one up in our um, – brackets here real fast and while i'm doing that let's go ahead and add caddyshack to um our varsity videos page well caddyshack 2 caddyshack is already in there but caddyshack 2 needs to be added here so let me do this real fast doing two things at once here all right caddyshack going up against first leatherheads from 2008 give me leatherheads yeah without doubt 
right. Next up for Caddyshack 2 is Love and Basketball from 2000. What do you think, Chris? You know, I have no love for Love and Basketball, but it's definitely a better film than Caddyshack 2. I agree with you 100%. Caddyshack 2 against Fighting with My Family from 2019. Uh, You know, I'm going to take Fighting with My Family. I am as well. I think that's a great – there's some good performances there. All right, here we go. Now we're getting down to the, the, the scum of the barrel here. Caddyshack 2 from 1988 up against Rebound, Martin Lawrence basketball film with kids from 2005. I'll tell you what, Eric. I will take Caddyshack 2 here. Give me Rebound. Uh, let's let's take it to the flip. I actually think Rebound's got some – a little bit better here. Uh, heads, Caddyshack, Tails, Rebound. that sound good? Sounds good to me. And Tails it is. Rebound gets the victory. Moving on, Caddyshack 2 against The Wrestler from 1974. Here, I'll take Caddyshack 2. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with you on that one, Eric. Uh, the, the Wrestler's a debacle I'd rather just forget. Caddyshack 2 from 1988. Soul Surfer from 2011. I'll tell you, I, I'm going to go Soul Surfer here. Um, does, yeah, Caddy, does one of these Caddyshack movies have Dennis Quaid in it? It does. That's a winner then. <laughs> <laughs> that, in fact, doesn't they also have Meg Ryan in it, I believe? Yeah. So. That means Caddyshack 2 is now number 77 on our flick chart out of 79 movies. And just so you're aware, The Longest Yard will move on to take on Karate Kid 2 in the second round. Okay. So we have that to look forward to. All right, moving on. Next matchup here. Let's see. Let, let's go. Let, we talked Olympics, so let's go back to the Olympics. Number one seeded movie in the entire Olympic bracket, I, Tanya. We talked about I, Tanya, uh last week, but just in case you didn't listen uh, to the show a couple weeks ago, that is. Uh, I, Tanya is the, about a competitive ice skater named Tanya Harding who rises among the ranks at the U.S. Figure Skating Championships. But her future in the activity is thrown into doubt when her ex-husband intervenes. That's the rundown of I, Tanya. Go back and listen to the last episode if you want us to want to hear us talk about that. It's going up against the number 16-seated Swimming Upstream, an Australian film. It's the inspirational life story of Australian swimmer Tony Fingleton. Uh, it is a true story. Um, Jeffrey Rush is in this, which I know him from – Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Uh, Jesse Spencer plays Tony Fingleton. A very good job. Judy Davis plays the mom. I thought her performance was outstanding. Um, It is a very, very good film. I do not know why Flickchart has it so low. The thing is actually an award-winning film. But I'm going to be honest with you, Chris. It's definitely not the 16th best film in this bracket, but it's not I, Tanya either. Yeah, I agree. Uh, 100% here, Eric. And, you know, we've talked about it in the past. Sometimes it comes down to the luck of the draw, and uh, it just it didn't stand a chance here on this one. I, Tanya is just a really strong movie. Yeah, I, Tanya, eight votes by the uh, – and only three votes for Swimming Upstream. I think both these films are films that – Maybe not a lot of people have watched. It's it's I Tanya's kind of new and swimming upstream maybe is just not popular since it's an Australian film. 
But uh, let's Both go ahead. definitely worth the time, though. Eric. They are. They were. Really I agree good. 100%. Yes, I thought it was a very, very good film. So let's add Swimming Upstream to our list here. And by the way, I, Tanya, will move on now to take on the winner of Without Limits or Blades of Glory in the second round. All right. Adding I, Tanya, or excuse me, adding Swimming Upstream as we speak here. Uh, again, from 2008, Leatherheads. Leatherheads, 100%. Mm, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, okay, Swimming Upstream versus Love and Basketball. I'm going to say Swimming Upstream. I'm going to go with you on this one, Eric. I agree. Oh, boy. This is going to be a tough one. Swimming Upstream against The Way Back from 2020. Ooh. Ben Affleck had a great performance that in that movie. That was a great performance, yeah. I, I'm going to go The Way Back. I am as well. Yeah, that was a close one, though. Yeah. Swimming upstream against He Got Game from 1998. Ooh, another tough one. I, I, You know, it is. They're both really, really good. Both have daddy yeah. issues. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. But one's got Denzel as daddy, so I, I'm, I'm going to go with Denzel on this one. Yeah, basketball is a little bit more entertaining than uh, than swimming, in my opinion, too. Oh, boy, swimming upstream against Slapshot 2, breaking the ice. You know what? I'm going to take swimming upstream on this one. Why? Persuade me. Uh, I think a lot of it is the – well, first of all, I like the fact that it is a true story. Uh, what? Slapshot 2 is not? <laughs> oh, yeah. God, I wish. That would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> but no, I, I think the fact that it is a true story does give it a little bit more credibility. Um, and like you said, the performances, I think, were just outstanding. Um, so for me, I, I just thought it was the better film. Okay, I agree. Swimming Upstream it is. Swimming Upstream against The Big Green from 1995, the cute soccer movie. Yeah. Mm, give me the big green here. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with that, too. I mean, how can you not go with a, a movie that's got uh, Carrie Mahoney in it, right? Yep. <laughs> Swimming Upstream lands at number 57 now. 57 on the old flick chart. All right. So that means we need to move on to our next. Uh, which one do you want to do? Best of the best of the rest or family friendly? Uh, you know what? Let's do family friendly. Number five seeded over the top against number 12 seed, The Ice Princess, a Disney film. Over the top, of course, is a tough trucker, Lincoln Hawk, who's determined to win back his son and triumph at the World Arm Wrestling Championships. Uh, this one stars Sylvester Stallone as Lincoln Hawk. Um, let's see. You've got Susan Blakely in there as Christina Hawk. You got the big Rick Zumwa as Bob Bull Harley. Robert, uh, is it Logia or Logia? Logia. Logia. Uh, I, he's just a familiar face. He plays the grandfather, Jason Cutler, um, in that in that film. Really of course, too, by the way. Yeah, he did a good job. You you love to hate. He's a good bad guy. Just a really yes. good bad guy. Uh, David Mendenhall is Michael Cutler, uh, who's all grown up now, but did a, did a fine job as a kid actor. And uh, making a cameo in this, I, I know you saw it. You had to see it. Terry Funk. Yep. Old school wrestler, yeah. 
fun film, really fun, uh, good family film. Uh, another family film here from Disney, this one for the ladies, is Ice Princess with the help of her coach, her mom, and the boy who drives the Zamboni machine. Nothing can stop Casey from realizing her dream to be a champion figure skater. Chris, not going to lie, it's a good movie. It is. It, it's it not is really... You it's know, not Disney terrible. Does, Disney does sports well. They really do. Yeah. It's got it's got Michelle uh oh geez, her last name's gonna be a tough one tra- for me. Trachtenberg? Trachtenberg, maybe? Yes. She plays Casey Carlisle. Um uh, you've got Kim Cottrell as Tina Harwood, uh-huh. who she was in Sex in the City, I believe. Yes. Yep. Joan Cusack is uh is uh Casey's mom, Joan Car Carlisle. And she's all she's like Disney mom. Have you ever noticed that? Um yeah. she plays the principal in School of Rock. Yeah. That has gotta be one of her best uh best roles. Uh Hayden uh Penitary is is Gene Harwood, and of course we know her from our number one movie ranked right now, uh in our flick chart, Chris. She was a little bit younger at that time. She was a little she was just slightly younger then, uh, but uh, she grew up to be absolutely gorgeous. Um, she's in that. And then Kristen Olsen plays Nikki, who she was a real figure skater in real life. So yes. she's in the film as well. Um, very good. If you've got teenage daughters, they will love this film or preteens. Um, the boys probably are not going to like it too much. Uh, but uh, you moms and you daughters are definitely going to love this film. And some of you guys, if you got a heart, got a got a got a, uh, a soft spot in your heart, you got a daughter. This one, this one might work for you. Over the top, Ice Princess, Chris. Where are you going, man? Are we going to be uncultured swine, as Aaron likes to call us? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I think we can only have one, only one ice skating movie move on here. I'm going to flip my hat around here and go with over the top. Yeah, there you go. Hey, uh, I heard I heard it said like this. Over the top is the best arm wrestling movie I have ever seen. But it is also the, oh, only, the only arm only. wrestling movie I have <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, I don't think it is. I, I actually like it. I think it's a pretty good movie. It's not something I'm going to pull off the... Uh, DVD rack and watch every day or something, but it's something that, you know, every, you know, every few months, it's not bad to throw it in or catch it on TV. So it's not a, it's not a terrible movie at all. No. Um, is it, is it the number, is it the fifth best movie in, in the family friendly films? Maybe. I think it's probably ranked pretty, pretty right. I mean, it's, it's going up in, in, in the second round against our number four ranked movie, Invincible. So, yeah. Over the top and invincible is going to be a clash, I think, in all in all honesty. And after watching the some of the movies at the top of that bracket that it would face in the Sweet Sixteen, the winner of Over the Top and Invincible might make a run. Might make a run. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so there you have it. Next round, Over the Top and Invincible in the family fr- family friendly oh, bracket. Here we go, Eric. I know you can't wait for this one. Well, hold on. We got to we got to rank Ice Princess. Oh yeah. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and put. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, uh, Ice Princess against The Natural from 1984, Chris. Oh, give me The Natural. It's not even close, right? Like, no. Uh, Ice Princess against Love and Basketball. 
there's a pause there in there. <laughs> I, 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 you know, like I said, I don't have a lot of love for love and basketball, but I'm going to go with love and basketball here. I am as well. I, I thought we, I was getting the quarter ready just in case ice princess against fighting with my family. I think I'm going to go fighting with my family. I, in this I am too. Just, just for the few minutes of the rock in there, you know, ice princess versus rebound. I will go ice princess here. I will as well. Uh, Ice Princess against Above the Rim. (sighs) Above the Rim, definitely not family friendly. (laughs) No, it's definitely not family friendly. Uh, You know what, though? I'm probably going to go Above the Rim here. (sighs) Okay. I'm going Ice Princess. I think I'm not mad at you for it. Uh, with Tupac's performance in Above the Rim is just terrible. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's bad. Yeah. Heads, Ice Princess, Tails, Above the Rim. Heads it is. Ice Princess wins. Ice Princess against the sixth man. <laughs> I know you're not a fan of the Martin Brothers here. No, no, not at all. I'm going to go Ice Princess here. All right, I'm going with the six man. Uh, heads, Ice Princess, Tails, the six man. Heads, Ice Princess gets the win. Ice Princess now 72. 72 for Ice Princess. All right, so we've got one last matchup here, and it's the bracket known as the best of the rest as I pull it up, and it's got one of my all-time favorites in it, man. Number three seeded Bloodsport against number 14th seeded American Flyers. Bloodsport follows Frank Dukes, an American martial artist serving in the military who decides to leave the army to compete in a martial arts tournament in Hong Kong where he fights to the death, where fights to the death can occur. Kumite, I believe, is what they call the tournament. Mm-hmm. Jean-Claude Van Damme is Frank. Uh, you've got Donald Gibb as Jackson. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, a young Forrest Whitaker, plays a, a police officer named Rollins. Uh, you've got Leah Ayers as Janice. Um, Roy uh, Choi as Tanaka. Uh, you've got uh, the Bolo Young as Chong Lee, the, the buffed. Uh, martial artist great film we've had it on this we, we did a review on it here go back and listen to that one american flyers is about a um about a cyclist named marcus who takes his kid brother david with him for a physical test and a brain scan suspecting cerebral uh aneurysm like their dad died of they head off on bikes for the big rockies bike race with Marcus Sarah driving the van. That literally is exactly how they wrote it up on IMDb. That that was terrible. Uh, Kevin Costner plays Marcus. David Marshall Grant is kid brother David. Uh, Ray Don Chong uh, plays the uh, love interest of, of uh, Kevin Costner in this film. As she, Her name is Sarah in the movie. Alexandra Paul plays the love interest of David. Her name is Becky. And that's really about all you need to know. John Amos is in this as Dr. Conrad. Uh, the scenes with him and his son are hilarious, I think, yeah. um, back at the uh, office there in the uh, workout facility. But uh, this one's about cyclists and a road course and Kevin Costner, who um, apparently lost out on the Olympics because of the, the guy they're racing. Interesting film. 
Um, never seen it before, Chris. It was a new one to me. Not bad, but not great. Definitely not Bloodsport. Yeah, I'm with you. No, it, 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 again, this is one that maybe if it had a different matchup, might have stood a chance. But Bloodsport is just so much better. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I like American Flyers. So again, not a bad movie, but it, it's just not a great movie. And the fans agree with us. 31 to 4 is the voting there for Bloodsport. And by the way, I forgot to mention that uh, over the top thumped Ice Princess 32 to 1. And the one vote was a sympathy vote. (laughs) By the way, I want you to know that. Uh, So that's how the voting went with those. So, all right, it's time to throw American Flyers into the flick chart now. There we are from 1985, American Flyers. First up, The Natural. Give me The Natural. Yeah, without a doubt. American Flyers against Angels in the Outfield? Hmm. Angels, I think? Uh, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me Christopher Lloyd on that one, yeah. American Flyers against Ice Princess. Ooh, uh, wasn't again. Yeah, but you know what? Go ahead and give me Ice Princess. And that's tough for me to say. I got to agree with you, man. I think Ice Princess really is actually the better film. Yeah. American Flyers against Rebound. I'll, I'll take American Flyers here all day long. Yeah, let's move on that one. American Flyers against Above the Rim. Take above the rim. Uh, yeah, I have to agree with you. All right, American Flyers sitting steady at number seventy-seven, and so we'll have uh, four more movie matchups for you uh, in the next couple weeks. So keep them rolling, guys. We're gonna keep them rolling. That's eight movies so far, and uh, um, actually, no, that's sixteen movies so far already out of our sixty-four movies. So there you go, Chris. Yep, we're making a dent in it, Eric. I mean. And I'll tell you what, I've seen a few that, you know, I hadn't seen before and really enjoyed. So hopefully we keep that uh, that momentum rolling. Speaking of getting it rolling, uh, let's roll right into this week's movie, Eric. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Home Team? Give me a second, I... I need to get my story straight My friends are in the bathroom Getting higher than the Empire State My lover, she's waiting for me Just across the bar My seat's been taken by some sunglasses Asking about a scar And I know I gave it to you months ago I know you're trying to forget But between the drinks and subtle things The holes in my apologies You know, I'm trying hard to take it back so if by the time the bar closes and you feel like falling down, I'll carry you home tonight. We are young, so let's set the world on fire. We can go brighter than the sun tonight. 
No, I know that I'm not all that you got. All right, so home team, this is a this is the first time since we have started varsity videos where we're reviewing a movie that literally just came out. And I would be against this if it was still in the movie theaters, but since it is on Netflix, feel a little bit different about it. Anybody can go on Netflix if you got an account or you have a friend who has an account and and watch this film. The movie is called Home Team. It stars Kevin James. He plays Sean Payton. And the story is about New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton, who's coaching his son's sixth grade football team because Payton was suspended for the entire 2012 season as a result of his role in the Saints Bounty Gate scandal. Gosh, that seems like it was just yesterday, doesn't it? Ten seasons ago. But we still never find out what his role was, Eric. Not in this film, all, you don't. <laughs> all, all he says is that as the head coach, you have to take responsibility. You got it. This film was released in 2022, actually just last month on Netflix. Have no idea what the budget is. Couldn't find it anywhere since it's a next Netflix film. So we'll probably find out later down the road. Uh, no box office release or nothing. It was released on Netflix. Like we've said, the writer was Chris Tatone and Keith Bloom, directed by Charles and Daniel Kinane. It was produced by Adam Sandler's Happy Madison Production. Again, distributed by Netflix. The music was done by Rupert Gex- Gregson Williams. Will, let me say that again. Rupert Gregson Williams. Main actors, Kevin James as Sean Payton, like we mentioned. Taylor Lautner as Troy Lambert. Rob Schneider as Jamie. Those were the main main three cats in this film. Uh, and uh, Chris, sadly, there is no flick chart stats for this thing. It is so new. That it hasn't even got a ranking yet. In fact, only 15 uh, people have uh, even ranked the film, and two of them are probably you and I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I saw that when I went on to rank it. It was uh, sitting at 14 when I went on. So, yeah, uh, I'll tell you one thing I will say about the budget is I imagine Adam Sandler saved a little bit of money there. I mean, let's see, he threw his wife in there and his buddies, and <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, Jackie Sandler. Yep. She played Beth, <laughs> which Absolutely. was which. Well, yeah, that's just a completely strange dynamic. We'll get into that as I'll let you get into all that. So take it away, Chris. Tell everybody about uh, home home team here. OK, so as you said, this is based on loosely based on the, the story of Sean Payton. And as we open the movie, we are at the 2010 Super Bowl. Sean Payton's on his way to leading the Saints to their first Super Bowl championship. Uh, Eric, one thing I do kind of like is the way that they tried to marry the footage with the original Super Bowl footage and the new actors. Um, They tried to make it work. I think it did at times, and I think at times it did not uh, uh, with the sequence. Uh, We also get a little glimpse at what they're going to try to make the humorous nature of the film, I think. Uh, right from the go with a little bit of an awkward exchange between uh, Sean Payton, as you said, played by Kevin James and Jim Nance, who's played by himself. Um, we fast forward a couple years and we see Payton interacting with an intern. And honestly, we get a bit, a little bit of a glimpse of uh, the sarcastic and I think frankly, not very pleasant guy that Sean Payton is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he does not come off well. Uh, the intern informs Peyton that Roger Goodell is holding for him on the phone. And we learn that the saints, uh, of course are engulfed in the bounty gate scandal 
and Peyton's been suspended for a year. Peyton's being crucified in the sports media. You know, he's at home. He sees a picture of himself and his son, and he decides, all right, time to jump in the car and head to Texas to go see his son. Uh, Then we see Peyton. The next scene uh, is, well, first of all, let me get to the, when he first gets to Texas, he checks into the hotel. And let me tell you, I think some of my favorite interactions in this film are between Kevin James and the, the kid running the hotel desk. Uh, the hotel clerk, Eric. I, I really like him. Yeah, great great name. Terrible character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but as I said, we, we see Peyton. Uh, he goes to see his son's peewee football team. Uh, you know, Coach Lambert is there trying to keep the team focused at practice uh, and it's just not working. They're talking about the loss they had last week and we learned that let's let's call it what it is. This team is just not good. Uh, you know, Peyton shows up at his son Connor's first game. They're down 34 to nothing. Uh, this is when we're kind of introduced to Beth and Jamie. This is also when Eric, I'm excited about this. We get the opportunity to see one of the best kicking performances I have ever seen at any level by Connor's teammate Harlan. This this kid hits the center in the backside with the football every time he goes back here. It's great. Accuracy, uh, man. Accuracy. Tremendous accuracy. <laughs> uh, you know, everyone in the stands, of course, is staring at uh, Sean Payton rather than focusing on the game. Uh, at this point, the Warriors give up another touchdown. The mercy rule kicks in. I have never heard of a mercy rule in football at any level, Eric. Have you? I, I've never seen it. Not not at football. Um, I know that uh, the, I know they have, have one in high school now. They actually yeah, have really. one in high school, yeah. Well, that's After... just pathetic. <laughs> I, well, it, this is a different generation, unfortunately, Chris. It, it is. So – Sean comes down to meet Connor after the game on the field. And, you know, you instantly detect that friction between them. Uh, Peyton introduces himself to Coach Lambert and the assistant coach who, by the way, at times the assistant coach, very funny. Uh, Beth invites Sean to a barbecue at the house the next day to help him mend the fences a little bit with his son. Next day, Sean shows up at the house and there's all Connor's teammates trying to convince him to take over the team. Uh, of course, Sean tries to interact with Connor, who just walks away. Next day, Sean again attends practice. The other parents are trying to get Peyton to give the kids advice. Uh, and then we have a scene at the end of practice, which I'll tell you, I love it. It may be my favorite Rob Schneider scene in the entire movie, where he takes the kids for ice cream. And these guys get in the car, and he's like, Do you got any cash? Did I give you the credit card? Trying to get the kids to pay for their own ice cream. Yeah. Well, what, what kind of ice cream was it though? That's the. Yeah. It was like a vegan, oh, yeah, it was vegan, a vegan ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> and it tastes just like real ice cream if you've never had real ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, next uh, game, Sean, uh, you know, up in the stands again, starts getting a little bit frustrated at the way things are going. Goes down to the field, tries to get a little, give a little bit of advice to Coach Lambert. Uh, you know, Lambert. Calls the play that, that Peyton uh, 
you know, kind of guides him into doing. And sure enough, they get a sack, a fumble. Connor picks up the ball, runs it for a touchdown. First touchdown of the season. Team goes crazy because they actually scored. And guess what? The scoreboard was still on at the end of the game. They I were love, excited because the scoreboard yeah. was still on at the end of the game. And I love their little their little uh, dance song that they created. We scored a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, you know, after the game, Peyton goes to dinner, actually happens to meet up with uh, Coach Lambert at the bar. Lambert again tries to convince him to come in, help coach, take on the offense. You know, Sean turns it down, but eventually Troy convinces him, you know, to come and join the team and to, uh, you know, he'll get a chance to spend some time with his son. And that really, Eric, that kind of uh, is the first segment of this movie where we get the backstory. How do you feel like it developed? So I'm watching this movie, right? And the I'm thinking this is going to be Adam Sandler, uh, Kevin James, this is going to be, you know, what are we getting into? Because Adam Sandler's done several football movies. We've got The Longest Yard. We've got uh, The Water Boy, you know. Yep. Uh, he. This is his film production company here. It, it's a kind of a kid movie, but, you know, this is Adam Sandler. I feel like there was – I don't know if it was in on the writing room or if it happened – in the f- filming of it, but I feel like they tried to make a family-friendly kids movie about football, which has been done before. Little Giants, you know, yeah. anybody? Um, but at the same time, tried to give it that Adam Sandler spin to it, and it 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 was not it was not a good start to the film. Yeah, there there was a bit of a disconnect there. I think. There, it, I, I would have to agree with you there. I don't know that this film knows what it wants to be, and that's yeah. a and that's a problem because if they if this film would just go all about the kids as opposed to being, and I know what you know they're trying to make this film about Sean Payton, you know, and 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 his season away from the NFL and then this relationship he has with his son and his, his ex-wife and, you know, her boyfriend slash husband, whoever, whoever they're trying to make him. Uh, but at the same time, the majority of the film, when it's not concentrating on the, that family dynamic, which you'll get into is all about the boys in the team. And I just feel like if they would have just said, you know what, let's throw everything out about the family dynamic here and make it all about this team, kind of similar to what Little Giants was like. Yeah. I think the film would have done much better than what it did, when it does. Yeah, I, I can see that. And I agree with you. I don't know if I throw out the dynamic necessarily, but this is the thing. Choose the path you're going to travel. Either focus on the dynamic or focus on the team, but don't try to split your time. And they did. And so there's really two different movies here, in all yeah. honesty. Yeah. And sometimes and, that's a good thing, but not 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 with this one. It didn't right. it they swung and miss. Right. I would have to agree with you there. The other thing that got me a little bit in this movie, and Eric, is you know, I'm used to Adam Sandler soundtracks having or Adam Sandler movies having tremendous soundtracks. And I just, I felt this one, you know, felt a little short. Uh, you know, Bobby, uh, my wife, even mentioned the same thing. 
you know, the soundtrack, we get a little bit of it in maybe what I'd call segment three of the movie, but really not a whole lot of great music uh, through this movie, which, you know, I, I think definitely, you know, we've seen movies where the soundtrack can add everything to that movie. And oh, yeah. this one failed. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's move on to the next section. Kind of the meat of the movie a little bit here. So we open up and it's a conversation between uh, Jamie, the stepdad and Connor. Uh, Sean shows up to get Connor for practice. Connor is not wanting to go to practice at this point. And uh, a very awkward conversation with Jamie just kind of chases him out of the house. <clears throat> so we then get the drive to the facility and you can just, the tension is just, it bogs down the movie. I think the tension in my, in my opinion, definitely bogs down the movie. Uh, but Sean tells Connor, he's going to take over the coaching of the offense. Connor definitely resistant to the idea. Uh, Lambert then informs the, the team and that Peyton's going to be coaching the offense and everyone, well, almost everyone seems to be really excited. You know, Peyton immediately changes things up. He takes the four fastest guys, makes them wide receivers. You know, you you get this fun little training montage that ensues. Uh, We see that Harlan, who, you know, we talked about earlier, who can't kick to save his life in a game, actually has a good leg for a kid that age. He's kicking field goals in practice. Um, Peyton gives the kids new playbooks. Uh, after the practices, one of the, the parents approach, uh, approaches Peyton about toughening up her son, which this mother, I, I love her. She is a great sports mother. And I can actually remember parents like this, man, <laughs> uh, who were just, you know, some of the single moms were a little bit crazy there when I was coaching Little League. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so she approaches him about uh, – Toughening her kid up, starts to flirt with him a little bit. Uh, a little during, bit. Okay, well, a little <laughs> bit in the beginning. When they get to dinner at the house, it's a lot lot more prevalent. Uh, and during the game, we find out the kids are really struggling to understand the plays. They're losing at halftime, so immediately Peyton's going to change everything up. By the way, I love the interaction that goes along with this. First of all, you got the cocky little guy there who was the quarterback who's, I can do it all. I can do it all. Uh, And then the new quarterback who's jumping up and down and saying how great he is and you can all suck it. (laughs) And and Peyton just looks at him and says, you know what offensive linemen do when they don't like their quarterback? All of a sudden, he backpedals on that real quick. So I I really love that exchange. Uh, But Lambert begins to question Peyton's decision, but decides to stick it out. After the game, you got a few parents who decide they're going to give a little pushback. Uh, But all the coaches and the bus driver, who I loved, by the way, uh, they, they back Peyton, get on the bus ride home. Peyton realizes, hey, these kids are having troubles with this playbook. And they stop for dinner. And what I think is one of the really great scenes in the movie, as he explains to them using food, how the playbook right. works. Right. And they yeah. all get it at that point. Uh, you know, Connor and Sean uh, uh, have a little bit of a, uh, a moment there after that. Uh, Connor explains to him just how hard life is for him being the son of Sean Payton. Um, 
And they have this great conversation. Uh, they begin that that building the or mending the relationship. At the next game, the Warriors, you know, you see they grasp the new playbook. They win. Uh, starts a bit of a winning streak. Um, Sean then loses his appeal to the NFL. And a media circus ensues just before their big game versus the defending champion Porcupines and their very obnoxious head coach, who I absolutely loved. You and I talked about this a little bit before we started recording, Eric. This guy was definitely, I think, one of the highlights of this movie. Uh, the Porcupines, you know, go out, they manhandle, destroy the Warriors. The media is just crucifying Peyton for this. You know, Peyton decides he's going to address the team, motivate the team, says that they're going to redeem themselves by winning out and beating the Porcupines for the championship. The kids are back in. They're all fired up. Peyton has them pushing themselves harder than ever. You know, and bonding with you with, with each other a little bit as well, you know, especially their kicker, who we learned all his kicking problems, Eric. It comes down to a girl. Isn't that but, what all kicker problems are? I, I though? was going to say, doesn't it always? <laughs> so, you know, we get a very awkward serenade, which ensues at the home of this young lady. And the team basically tries to burn down the neighborhood. Uh, the team comes together, though, and ends up one game away from the championship. However, in the process, we see Peyton transforming a little bit from being that that youth league coach, getting that NFL mentality back. And it's really starting to take its toll on the kids a little bit. The kids do win the game to get into the championship game with the help of some, uh, some of Jamie's protein bars and a whole lot of barfing in a scene reminiscent from uh, The Replacements. Uh, Sean, you know, after this game, he's excited to be in that championship, but he's concerned they can't stop the porcupines. So what does he do? He calls Bill Cower for advice. And I, I, I love that scene as well. Uh, and he absolutely tells Sean how to stop their offense. So that's kind of the meat of the film, Eric. That's the... The building up from starting coaching to getting them to where they are in the championship game. What did you think about the way it developed? Slow. Um, Were you like me? Did you feel that the relationship stuff really bogged down the flow of the movie? Yeah. In fact, I found his interactions with the flirting mom and her son, Dennis, who was played by Bryant Tardy, to be – much, much better than the interactions he has with his son, Connor, played by Tate Blum. Um, I, those were those were funny. They were great. Uh, you mentioned Isaiah Mustafa, the guy who played the oh, head phenomenal. coach of the Porcupines. His interaction, Kevin James's interaction as Sean Payton with him, again, great. But if they would just kept this movie to the practice field and the f- field of play – with the characters, the strong characters they had already in place, I yeah. just feel the movie would have been better. When when they went away from the field, this movie really slowed down. Right. Yep. I'm with you 100%. So we get to the championship game, Eric. Connor asks if Harlan could get in a play, to which he is told, absolutely not. I think you kind of get a little bit of, of an idea of what's going to happen at that point. 
course, the Warriors come out. They start hot. They score first on a kickoff return. Sean, consumed by winning, makes the changes to the defense that Cower told him to run. He kind of pushes Coach Lambert out of the way uh, and forces a lot of their star kids uh, to go both ways. Um, the Warriors, although they respond, they come out, they you know get a turnover, drive for another score, up two touchdowns right out of the gate. Porcupines do score, but again, the Warriors respond right back. So they're in a good spot. Only problem is, now these kids that are playing two ways, his star kids, are getting exhausted. <clears throat> They're just not used to this. And by halftime, the porcupines have the gap down to one. So they go into the locker room. Peyton's trying to give this inspirational speech. And the kids start, you know, complaining about being tired. Peyton kind of blows it off. Connor stands up to him and says, listen. You said this was supposed to be about fun. You've taken all the fun out of the game. The only reason you're even here is because you got suspended from the NFL. So, obviously, all all the the headway they've made in their relationship, he's destroying it at this point. Uh, Coming out of the locker room, you, you actually get one of the good interactions between him and Coach Lambert. As Coach Lambert just basically calls him out and says, listen, you didn't want to do this because you were afraid of how your son was going to react. You didn't want to coach. Well, guess what? Basically, you're speaking this to truth. Don't make yourself right. Uh, so, you know, you, you can see he's thinking about things a little bit. Coming out of the locker room, immediately the Warriors get the ball, go down. They score, take the lead. They're taking control of the game at this point. Peyton calls a timeout and changes things up. He brings in the fresh guys, lets them get back in the game. Of course, what happens now? You've got the two exhausted kids on the sideline. The fresh kids come in there. When all hope looks like it's lost, they get a block kick. They take the ball, start driving towards the winning score. And Peyton calls a timeout again. And he puts in this struggling field goal kicker with the chance to tie the game or take the lead. Chance to tie it, yeah. Yeah, he puts him in for the tie rather than going for the win. And everybody's questioning about this because this kid has not made a kick all year. And just when you think it's his time, you know, you got Harlan out on the field. He sees his dream girl cheering him on there. Who, By the way, was this not the best irony in this movie right here? His dream girl is the stepdaughter of the Porcupines head coach. Yeah. <laughs> that was right. great. So he lines up for the kick. Kicks the ball. Goes wide right. The Porcupines win. But then in a scene straight out of the natural... You see where the ball hit the scoreboard and just an explosion and and just <laughs> spray, spraying the electric everywhere. Again, you finally get a great song going with the, the moment here. Uh, the team celebrates their moral victory. 
just before, uh, you know, Peyton leaves to go back to Texas, we see he and Connor bonding again. Uh, as the movie closes, Peyton returns to work. He places his second place trophy right next to his, his Lombardi trophy. That was a cool scene. Yes. That was that. a great way, I think, to end the movie. Yeah. And the real so, Sean Payton is in that scene, by the way, yes. as a janitor. Yes. Yeah. So really just a. I like the, the end of the movie a whole lot better than I like the meat of the movie. I Can think I, that they they still had flaws in it. Yes, they definitely had flaws in it. But as far as the movie itself goes, I think that the championship game and the close out of the movie definitely was better than the first two segments of the movie. So my favorite part of the movie is the scene where the boys are going to help Harlan win this girl. And so they go to her yeah. house and they're all singing. And this old lady comes out and she's like, you've You're got the wrong, the wrong house. house. They live over there. And then, of course, all, all hell breaks loose and there's a fire and everything. Like It's just all chaos at that point. But that that I thought was really funny. That was a charming, funny movie, funny part of the movie using the kids. Again, it was all about the kids to me. Yeah. When the when the no. when, it, when the focus was off of those boys on the team, that's when the movie failed. But other th- those were some good parts, and I do love the last scene where he puts that second place trophy beside the Super Bowl winning trophy. That's cool, and I bet you in real life that if if this is real life and that's how it happened, which I'm guessing it's not, but I could see a, he- a head football coach doing something like that. Yeah, I, I could too. I you know. Um, Again, you know, definitely for me, the end was better than the beginning. I think, as I said, I think the soundtrack picked up at the end. I thought the on-field action was really, really good. I think that I could relate. Having coached midget football and and Little League baseball, uh, you know, I can relate a little bit with that desire to win and letting it sometimes consume you. And I imagine somebody who is a Super Bowl-winning head coach and a coach in the NFL – that probably is just multiplied exponentially. Uh, so I can see, I, I can actually see it playing out the way it did for, right up to that attempted field goal. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, again, finished stronger, but not a strong movie. Agreed. Agreed. Are we ready to add it to flick chart? I think we are ready to add this one to flick chart, Eric. Here we go. All right. Home team, the new one from 2022, going up against from 1994, Blue Chips. You know, I like home team, but you you and I have talked about this when we talked about it in the original 64 team bracket. We both have a soft spot for Blue Chips, I think. Give me Blue Chips. Agreed. All right, home team. Oh, this is this is a good comparative movie here. Home team against from 1993, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I'm gonna take home team in this one. Really? Give me Rookie of the Year all the way. I think Rookie of the Year is a lot funnier. Uh, all right, uh, heads home team, tails Rookie of the Year, and tails it is. Rookie of the Year wins. Home team against the sixth man. Definitely home team here. And I know you kind of like the sixth man. For me, for me, this is Will Ferrell's worst. 
give, give me uh, home team in this one. I do like the sixth man. The Wayne brothers are. I, there's some funny parts in that movie. Wayne, yeah. Uh, heads, home team, tails, six man. Let's flip for it. Yep, yeah, I'm mistaken of the semi pro there, but you know, at the same time, I wouldn't change the vote because I dislike six man even more. So. <laughs> I hear you, and you won. By the way, it was heads, so home team moves on. Ooh, home team against a very serious fi- film. When the game stands tall from 2014. Ooh. I'm all on the when the game stands I tall. I think when the game stands tall, yeah. It is such an underrated film. Really needs it to really be rewatched. Is. Oh, perfect. This this is why every now and then flick flick chart is like it's like the angels of movies just opens up and sings to you. Here you go. This is the debate of debates. Don't give me against little giants, Eric. Home team from 2022 against from 1994, Little Giants. Oh, I'm going Little Giants. There was there was no hesitation in your voice, was there? No, there wasn't. I love that movie. Little Giants is what home team wanted to be and yeah. failed. Yes, yeah. Little Giants. Home team against Fighting with My Family from 2019, another movie you have a soft spot for. I do, but you know what? I think I'm going to take home team in this one. Yeah, I think you're right. And home team is now ranked 71st. Let's look at the bottom half here. Here you go. From 70 to 80, number 70, Little Giants, 71, home team, 72, fighting with my family, 73, Ice Princess, 74, the sixth man, 75, the original Space Jam. 76, Above the Rim, 77, Mr. 3000, 78, American Flyer, 79, Rebound, number 80, Soul Surfer. That feels about right, to be honest with you. Well, no, I feel there's a few in there that Soul Surfer could probably beat. Really? I do. Probably, so. I'm guess, if, I, if I'm you, I'm guessing Rebound, American Flyers, Mr. 3000, and Above the Rim. I don't know about Mr. 3000, but yeah, I think you're in there with the rest. <laughs> I think Mr. 3000 is a pretty weak film myself, but it's not, it's not strong. But no, no. So there you have it, guys. That's where the home team finishes up on the flick chart after we are review. All right, Eric. So now it's time for our favorite part of the show. Let's go ahead and let's find out what you've got in store for me for next week. So seeing Bill Murray had me in stitches today. Uh, I watched that no look putt. I don't know how many times just cackled out loud. I want to go back and watch Kingpin. Oh, nice. It is on our 64 sports movie challenge. It's in the best of the rest. It is a bowling movie, so it's not exactly, uh, you know, uh, not one we've talked about, a sport we've talked about before. I haven't watched it in a long time. I actually own the thing. I think it's time to go back and watch Kingpin. We get a little bit of Randy Quaid love in there, too. Yeah, uh, there's all (laughs) kinds of people in there, man. It's uh, 
It's a it's a good one. Uh, I love I love Bill Murray's hair in this movie. Yes, <laughs> yes. This is this is going to be fun. So let's go back watch Kingpin, and uh, in fact, we'll and when we review that, we'll also just go ahead and add that uh, matchup for uh, the next sixty four sports movie challenge. It's going up against uh, Wildcats, which is another movie we have reviewed. So oh yes, yeah, so that's going to be a fun one. So that's what I got. Sounds good. And that's it for today's show. Remember to please rank and review us on our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcasts. Also, make sure you're following us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash varsity videos. Until next time, see you at the field, on the court, and in the theaters. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>